0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you would leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy, Enjoy the, the message.
1: super grateful for pastors Craig and Kara Dyson. And like uh, Pastor Craig mentioned, we've been friends for a very long time. I've actually seen our kids grow together. Believe it or not, uh, Cole was actually that tall at like five years old, right? He's a giant kid, right? Um, Eats a lot, I hear. But anyways, um, we're so grateful for them and and uh, we've, uh, we've even had opportunities and seasons to serve together in the same church. And um, some of those uh, times were some of the most precious to us uh, as, as families coming together. And, and uh, since last time I came here, as Pastor Craig mentioned, we are starting a brand new church. It's called Vida Church. Uh, Vida, you can clap. You can clap. If one person claps, we all clap, right? And so um, Vida means life and Spanish, and God has given us a dream to build a bridge where both English and Spanish speaking people can be united under one name, one vision, and with one heart to love and serve Las Vegas to life. And you get to be a part of that. And so please keep being generous because we'll be receiving some of that as well. And every time someone says yes to Jesus in Vegas, whether in English or in Espanol, it's going to be because of your generosity and partnering with us as we bring the message of Jesus in English and Espanol. So I wanna personally thank you Convo Church for having our back. I wanna thank you for believing in us. And we just wanna say we're super, super grateful for every single one of you. So let's just take this moment together and pray. Will you pray with me, Lord Jesus? We just thank you for another Sunday, another opportunity to lean into your word, uh, to hear a word from you today, Lord. So, Lord, we're not here for anyone in particular except for you. So, Lord, we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and move, to to breathe fresh wind in our sails. And God, we just ask you to come and do what only you can do. So, Holy Spirit, have your way. We pray that you would remove any walls around our hearts, that you would break through anything so that we can hear and get what you have for us to receive today. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you in your name. We pray, amen. I bet you don't know how blessed you are. I bet you do not know how blessed you are. You guys specifically in this region have something amazing and incredible that is uh, called Four Seasons. Four Seasons four seasons. You have four seasons. That means winter gets its turn, spring gets its turn, you know, fall gets its turn, hallelujah, summer gets its turn. It's, it's absolutely amazing, and, and and matter of fact, some of you are here instead of out there having fun, and I think that's amazing because you're here leaning in and, and there's a word and something that God's going to do inside of your life because of your hair. But But I don't know if you realize this, but you're super blessed because you got four seasons. Because in Vegas, we have two seasons. We got hot, and oh dang, it's Hot. That's all we have. That's all we have. And and, and and in the beginning of next month, we're going to start stepping into our second summer where we get nem- normal summer temperatures, you know, like uh, 95, 98, and 70 degrees at night, hopefully not 80, you know. And so it, it gets really hot in Vegas. And I want to just bring you back with me. There was a specific summer in Vegas that was so brutal. It was 117 degrees for five to seven days. That's hot. That's so hot. And I remember it being so hot. It was so hot that you could just get like, like branded by touching your steering wheel, or, or by letting your 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 belt buckle like touch you on the skin, you know it sizzles a little bit, and and, and it was just so hot. And I remember it being so hot when it's that hot. Your air conditioning doesn't seem to do anything at all, and you don't want to let the dog outside because you know the the hot air is going to come inside because it's, it's a blow dryer. It's like an oven out there. I'm not even kidding. And 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 I remember this time, I'm, I'm sitting in my house in air conditioning. And I started just Googling random things about heat because when it gets hot, it messes your perspective, messes with your mind a little bit. You become a little bit delusional. And I Googled things like, how hot does the asphalt have to be in order to cook an egg? Um, and 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 I did find some answers for that, but we're not here for that today. And I will not say whether or not I tested it or not. But but what, but it was just so hot. And I don't know if you guys know or if you've been in, in temperatures like that. But when you're in in the heat like that, man, it's uncomfortable. Man, I, I'm easily irritated and angry at everybody, right? I mean, and you think road rage? Like, do road rage in those kind of temps. Like, you want to murder people. You want to murder people when you're out there. And it's absolutely, um, it's very challenging. And so if if and, and, and I'm saying this as a, as a Las Vegan, right? Um, no one back home um, goes, yes, 100 days of 100 degrees, June, let's go. No one has that kind of attitude. So you know what we do to deal with it? We, we're four hours from the ocean. We go there. We come to Reno. We come to Tahoe. We get away from it, at least during that season. And that's what we do. But if you were to be, anytime we're around those kind of temps, um. It is not very unnatural for us to be the very type of people that would be willing to scream truthfully words like this, help get me Out of here. Because it's in those moments that we don't want to be there. And so that's the title of my message today. And and today I'm going to be speaking to those of you who feel stuck in the hot desert valley. See, the Bible uses the word valley as a metaphor for hard times. The scripture mentions uh, different types of valleys, like the valley of the shadow of death. It mentions a valley of weeping. Valleys are definitely not our favorite places to be. Like We try to avoid these things um, whatsoever, any chance that we get. And valley is often used in scripture as an image of distress or suffering. So if you really think about it, and I want us to think about this together, why is it so much easier for us to believe that we're blessed by God or that God is with us when things are going according to our plan? And on top of that... What does that say about us as people? What does that say about our humanity? It's almost like the trouble begins as soon as things don't go the way that I wanted them to go. When things get out of control, we step into the valley. And see, when things are going to plan, when things are going every way that I thought they would, I would consider those times to be mountaintop moments. And mountaintop moments are incredible because I don't know if you've ever been on top of a mountain. It's like being on the top of St. Rose. You can see for miles. You have clarity. You can see what's ahead. It's nice and crisp up there. It's the perfect condition for you to just pitch a tent and just stay there and never leave. But even though we prefer these mountaintop moments, or a.k.a. things going the way we plan and want, the truth is, is that we spend most of our time down in the valley. And so in today's message, we're not, only go, we're, we're not only going to discover that God is the God of our good times, but that also he is the God of the bad times in life. And see, the valley represents our personal and spiritual dry seasons in life. Kind of like when you have something on your heart, or maybe you're going through something, or, or maybe you need God to come through, and you begin to pray. And you begin to pray and and then you bring your connect group around you and you you bring your family around you and you start fasting a few days during the week and no matter how much you press in, no matter how much you ask God, no matter how much you pray, nothing seems to change. Nothing seems to happen. There's no breakthrough. It's kind of in those moments when you pray and no matter how passionate you pray, your prayers hit the ceiling and come right down. No one enjoys the valley. It's super uncomfortable. The valley also represents disappointment. The valley is also a waiting season. Now, waiting is on my top five I do not like and I hate next to mosquitoes. And I know you're thinking... But Joe, you're a pastor, you're patient, you're a man of God. Just ask my wife and my kids exactly how godly and patient that I am. And they'll tell you the truth. No one enjoys the valley. And so maybe you're in this room right now. Maybe you're watching uh, online at this moment or you're re-watching this later on the week But as I articulate with you what a valley is, you can't help but realize that you're actually in a valley right now as I speak. Maybe you're stuck in a valley relationship. You know the type of relationship that you know you should end and you've actually decided that you're going to end. But for whatever reason, you keep falling in that cycle and you just can't walk away even though you know the reasons why you should. Or maybe you're in a valley job. You dread waking up every single morning just to be a slave to your company and you're just hoping maybe they'll just let me go and it will be better off for me. Or maybe you have a business idea and you don't know where to start. Maybe your marriage is in a tough spot, but you don't know how to move forward. Maybe you struggled even getting back on track when schools opened back up but you're dreading the first day of school coming up. Or maybe you've just lost your passion and nothing that you seem to do, no matter what it is, whatever you try to do, nothing fulfills you, nothing gives you joy, nothing seems to give you any kind of purpose. And maybe if that is any of you or maybe you have something else going on, you would be the very first to admit that you could scream right now if you were alone in your car or alone in this room, help, get me out of here. I don't like it here. So whatever you may be facing, my prayer is that Jesus would use this time that we have together to to strengthen your faith, to build you up, and to lift up your spirit as we open up his word. So if you can open up your Bibles or your Bible apps, we're going to be reading out of 1 Kings chapter 20, starting in verse 23. But before we do that, I'm going to lay the foundation of, of the background of what's going on here. And in 1 Kings 20, what ends up happening, there's an instance when King Ahab, the king of Israel, was opposed by the Syrian army along with 32 other kings and their armies. And they lined up to just demolish and destroy the kingdom of Israel. And so what ends up happening is this king, Ben-Hadad, gets all these other kings in one accord, and they unite against God's people. But what ends up happening is God gives them miraculous victory, gives Israel victory over, the Syri- over Syria and all 32 allies. And so what ends up happening, a year, a year goes by, and the Assyrians kind of get together, Ben-Hadad, and they think, hey... They start to evaluate. They start to debrief. They start to think about, why do you think they beat us? Why do you think Israel beat us last time? And so they start to write out a new plan, and they start to get everyone ready to go out again to try to get victory over Israel this time. So in verse 23, hopefully you're there by now, it says, and the servants of the king of Syria said to him, Their gods are the gods of the hills, and so they were stronger than we. But let's fight against them in the plain, and surely we will be stronger than they. And do this, remove the kings, each from his post, and put commanders in their places, and muster an army like the army you have lost, horse for horse and chariot for chariot. Then we will fight against them in the plain. Surely we shall be stronger than they. And they listened to their voice and did so. And in the spring, Ben Haddad mustered the Syrians and went up to Afik to fight against. Israel. So here was the logic of the Assyrians, right? Here was their logic. They're thinking, hey guys, I think we figured out why we lost the battle last time. See, the God of Israel is the God of the elevated places and of the high places and in the hills, but if we bring the battle to the valley, we can destroy them and we can defeat them because the God of Israel is only the God of hills and he's not the God of the valley. And so that was their logic and and and, and what's interesting when When we look at the word hills referred in the text that we read, it it actually doesn't mean hill country or mountains. But we are for certain that they were referring to a place of higher elevation. So this is what happens next. Let's continue to read verse 27. And the children of Israel were mustered and given provisions, and they went against them. Now the children of Israel encamped before them like two little flocks of goats, while the Syrians filled the countryside in comparison to this massive armies that were coming against Israel to take them out, it says that Israel's army looked like two small flocks of goats. And if you know anything about flocks of goats, I had to research because I didn't grow up on a farm, right? But But what you look is that goats don't, herd and and huge numbers like sheep do which is why the comparison was made and it was just those two little flocks of goats in comparison to a hillside full of Assyrians and their allies to come up against the people and army of God and so let's read verse 28 and verse 28 it says and a man of God The prophet did as he did the previous time. So what happened last time when they were in this battle, God sends the man of God, the prophet, to tell the king, hey, God's going to give you this victory. He's going to give the glory, and this is how he's going to do it. And so here God sends this man of God again ahead of this battle. And it says that he came near. And said to the king, thus says the Lord, because the Syrians have said, the Lord is a God of the hills, but he is not the God of the valleys. Therefore, I will give all this great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So what do we see here? We see that God is up to the challenge. He sends the man of God to give Israel word of the victory that he has planned for them. And I can almost just imagine God's just expression thinking, man, they think they got me figured out. They think they understand how this works. They think that I'm limited by space. They did not understand that God was omnipresent. Now, omni is a Latin word which means all or everywhere. So this, what what we see here is that God displays His power, but He also reveals His everywhereness. And it's absolutely amazing. And First Kings 20, we're going to read verse 29, if we keep reading, it says, "The two armies camped opposite each other for seven days, and on the seventh day, the battle begun. The Israelites killed 100,000 Armenian foot soldiers in one day. The rest fled into the town of Affect, but the wall fell on them and killed another 27,000. Ben-Hadad fled into the town and hid in a secret room. See, the enemy did not realize that the God of Israel was bigger than the God that they were thinking. They underestimated the power of their God and his everywhereness. So, what we learn here today is that our God is not only the God of the mountaintops and the God of the good times, but that he's also the God of the low times and the God of your valley. So no matter what kind of valley you find yourself in right now, God is present with you there. I'm not saying generally, I'm saying specifically in your moment, whatever you may be facing, he is right there personally, right by your side. Doesn't matter how sinful you think you are, he is walking every single step with you. And so as we walk through valleys, and I say when, not if, because we're all going to walk through valleys, there's a few things I want us to keep in mind about valleys. And the first one is, is that valleys are a part of life. 1 Peter 4.12 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange was happening to you. You, it's a part of life. We just got to accept it. They're going to come. They're going to come. And this leads me to the second one, is that valleys happen to everyone. You don't face a valley or a valley season because you're sinful or because you're broken or because you've offended God or because you have unforgiveness or because you're not right with God. Valleys happen to everyone. It just makes you human. If you're breathing, a valley's going to come your way. I know you're not going to write that on your refrigerator, but it's true. And I want us to be prepared because valleys happen to everyone. It's a part of being human human and a person. Psalm 34 verse 19 says, the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Can I get an amen? See, valleys are also unpredictable. You don't know how they're going to happen. You don't know what shape they're going to happen. You don't know if it's going to be a mother-in-law, a cousin, a brother, a job, you know, an investment or whatever it's going to be, but it's going to come. But it's gonna come, and that is guaranteed. Proverbs 27, verse 1 says, Do not brag about tomorrow, since you do not know what the day will bring. And so, since we can't skip over These valley seasons or these desert times or these low times in our life. I believe that there are some important things that we have to remember. And I want to share those with you today. And I have four key things that we can all remember as we walk through valleys in life. And the first one is this. God is with you. God is. Is with you. Psalm twenty-three, verse four says, "Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me." And just like I mentioned before, when I opened up this message here, is that why is it that we feel like God is blessing us, or that God is with us, or that we're with right with God when blessings and things happen the way that we think we should? But I want to encourage you. Maybe you're in the b- bottom in the dark darkest time in your life and man nothing feels good nothing feels positive maybe your hope has been taken away that I want to remind you today that God is with you that God is with you there in the suffering that God is with you there in the low places I want to get that in your spirit today that God is not propelled from your suffering but he actually leans in He's not propelled from your sin, but he actually leans in further. Because what do we see in the story of the gospel? The world was broken and with sin. And what did God do? He came and dwelt among us in flesh and came to rescue us. And that is God's intention for you when you are facing a dark valley season. The second one is this. God has a purpose. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We can be hopeful because God will work out his purpose in me and through me, through the things that I face because the pain in your valley of disappointment and despair and distress and distrust will not be wasted. God will use it because you'll just walk away stronger. You'll walk away wiser. You'll walk away more filled with God. You'll walk away more filled with hope. You'll walk away more full of Jesus, more full of life, more full of faith, more full of the word. The Bible says that God turns trouble into hope. Hosea 2.15 says, I will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. A valley will try to dry up your hope. But God will use that same exact thing to be the thing that produces more hope in your life. I don't know if you realize this, but desperation is the best place that you can be because that's exactly the place where God meets you and the things meant to put you down, to break you down, to shipwreck you are the very things that God is doing to speak his life and his purpose and his encouragement and and his provision over your life. Hold on to hope because he's with you and he has a purpose. For your valley and I know none of us like this but hurt and uncertainty are good for the soul because they produce a constant need of hope in our lives and the third point here is this this won't last forever Let's just say you go to a grocery store, right? And I love cheese, right? I, do, I just love cheese. Um, and so say it's like some, a really good smoked pepper jack cheese or something. You go to the grocery store. Uh, behind it, there's normally a date anytime you buy produce, right? And it's an expiration date, Right? and I know with cheese you can like cut it up and stuff because like some of it turns green, but you can like be resourceful and save some of it, cut it up, put it on a burger on the grill or whatever. But what I want to say is that when you're facing your dark season, when you're facing that season of distress, when you're facing that season of, of, of hurt and pain and betrayal, it has an expiration date. It won't last forever. It cannot continue beyond the time frame that God has given it. And so if you're in a season right now, why not praise God because it's coming to an end? Why not praise God because he's building something good in you? Why not praise God because he's building something incredible in you? He's, and I know a lot of times we're right here and we want to be right there, but it's the valley seasons in life that develop us. But it's also encouraging that, hey, this valley... It has an expiration date. It won't last forever. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. And here's my favorite and final point. The only way out is through. God is not going to take you out of a valley or a hard season because you don't like it. God is not going to take you out of a dark, low season in your life because you're uncomfortable. You can pray to God as much as you want to, but guess what? The only way out is through. I don't know if you've ever walked inside of Ikea, but you can't walk in there and just buy a dish rack. You can't just buy a dish rack. You have to follow all the arrows, and pretty soon enough, you lift your head up, you're in in the home furniture, and then you're in the kitchen section, and then you're walking around. You're in the office furniture, and you're in the bathroom, and then finally you make it downstairs, and you can see the cash register, so your heart's filled with joy, and you're like, I'm making it out of this place. And so you walk through a few more chairs, and you check out, and you're finally free. That's what it's like to walk through a valley season. The only way out is through. There's no shortage. Cuts. There's, no, there's no get out of jail card. There's no other way around it. There's no secret pathways. I wish there was. Maybe there's an employee one. But guess what? We don't have the liberty of knowing what that is. The only way out is through. So whatever you're going through right now, praise him because he's working. Because he's moving right now. He's moving in your season. And, 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 and just like... Counter what we think. We think, okay, things are going our way. God's blessing my business, my family, my kids. They're being obedient. Everyone's doing great. My dog's learning all his behavior. He, you know, things are going awesome. You know, I went hiking the other day and no rain. There was a little bit of overcast. It was just beautiful. And we start to think, yes, God is with me. God is blessing with me. But the truth is, God is with you the most when you're in brokenness, when you're in desperation, when you're down deep in the valley and you lift your head up and you don't know anything else to do but to cry out to God. That is the place where God's blessing is. That is the place where your encounter with Jesus is. That is the place where you'll see provision. So don't you quit dreaming. Don't you keep trusting. Don't quit leaning into his presence. Don't stop going to your connect group. Don't stop serving. Don't stop showing up every time the doors are open. Don't stop being present. Because guys, as we read the story here, what do we realize? We see that God sends two little groups of people that look like two small flocks of goats against an army that fills the hillside. And what's really interesting to me a lot of times when we pray we think that when god says i'm giving you the victory right like a word i'm giving you the victory that that means we can just stay at home uh put our feet up turn on netflix watch the next series or whatever and and we're like "Yep, god gave me the victory but this is not what happened god sends out these two small groups of people against this fast army and what i love about that is that you know god does is not expecting you and not wanting you to sit around and do nothing that's not the proper response but the proper response is to do what only you can do because only then god will step in and do what only he can do because the miracles they don't happen on the mountaintops it feels like a miracle when you're up there because when you're up there You don't even need to pray that much. Things are going the way you think they're going. Life is good. Your wife loves you, doesn't hate you that day. You know, things are great. But the truth is, it's in the suffering. It's in the pain. It's in the betrayal. It's in the business deal going wrong. It's in the challenges in your marriage. That's where the miracles happen. That is a recipe for a turnaround and a breakthrough. And I know I'm speaking to someone right now. This isn't just a message that your short Guatemalan Mexican cousin from Las Vegas came to prepare for you. But I truly believe that God is speaking to your situation right now. And God is saying, daughter, son, I am with you right now. You're not only gonna get through this, but you're gonna come out better. You're gonna come out stronger. You're gonna be more confident in who I am, and you're gonna see my wonders flow in and through you. He is the God of the valley. See, when I was a younger kid and going to elementary school, I actually grew up here in the uh, Washoe area, and I went to Roger Corbett Elementary next to Wooster High. And because I lived close to that area, I would walk to school and walk home from school. And I remember once I was walking home from school. I was with my friend. He got a brand new wrestling mat. This is when wrestling was like the thing, right? And so I stopped, we stopped by this house to wrestle some. And we're like, you know, wrestling and sweaty and dirty elementary kids um, like you would expect us to be at the moment when all of a sudden a siren, we hear a siren and, and, and an ambulance goes by, and we think for a moment. we listen to it, and we go, "Oh, it kept going we 're fine we 're okay everything's good and And to tell you the truth, we were so used to hearing sirens and and guns shut off, and different things like that that it didn't really it didn't really throw us off that much. We were just making sure that it wasn't within our proximity, and so once it left our proximity, we felt like we're totally okay so Um, We go back to wrestling and he probably has me um, in a headlock or whatever and then I, I grab my backpack and I head home And as I'm walking to my house, I turn the corner where I can see my house at the end of the road on the left side And when I look out, I see in front of my house an ambulance and two police cars I started to panic. My heart started bumping. I was like, what happened? My heart is racing, someone die. someone get killed. Like, what's going on? Is my mom, dad okay? Like, what's going on? So I grab my backpack and I run. But by the time that I get there, the police and the ambulance had taken off. And my uncle was there standing. And he said, hey, Joe, your little brother, Jeffrey, who was two and a half years old at the time, he got ran over by a car. And they're headed to the hospital. And we don't think he's going to make it. And... On that day, he he did pass away. And friends, I'm here to tell you, man, this was a valley of weeping for my family. This was the valley of the shadow of death for us. We didn't know Jesus. No one in our family was a Christian. But it was this valley that revealed the love of Jesus over our family. It was this valley that showed us how good God is and this hopelessness that we were feeling during that time, it didn't last forever. It did not last forever. And it was that year that my mom, who's back there, gave her life to Jesus. Until this day, she's still at the same church, she's planted, she's serving God, she's praying for people, and it's absolutely incredible because after my mom got saved and surrendered to Jesus, she started praying for us and poof, this guy, and now this guy's following Jesus, and this guy and this guy. And she's doing just what a great mother should do. She's continuing to pray for my messed up family. And so if you're in a if you're in a valley right now, this is for you. He's the God of your valley. He's omnipresent. He's leaning into your pain. He is with you now, even in the midst of the storm so let's remember God is with you God has a purpose this won't last forever the only way out is through would you please stand and as we close I want to read one more scripture with you it's going to be hopefully on the screens and it's Isaiah 43 verse 2 And guys, this isn't just like some poetry. This is a word for you in your situation. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. So what we want to do right now, we want to do something a little bit different. And we're going to open up the front Some of you here are going through some things together. And one of the greatest things that we need to never allow ourselves to happen is for us to go through a valley season alone. Because we're truly better together. And so we want to invite you to come up front. We're going to have some of our pastors and leaders ready to pray for you. And we want you to know. That yes, God is with you, but your church family and Convo Church is with you as well.
0: Yeah, come on. If that's you right now, don't don't hesitate. Let's take this moment to see God do something and break through. If you want prayer for that right now, I want to invite you, just like Pastor Joe was saying, come on up here to the front. We're going to be praying for people right now. And, and some, somebody's waiting for the first person to go up. That's always the case. But listen, this is about what God is trying to do in your life. And so if you need God to do exactly what Pastor Joe was talking about, then get up here. And as they're coming, I want to encourage everyone else to, listen, maybe you're not, but we all know somebody who is. We absolutely all know somebody who is. And so we're going to pray. And right now, I want you to get in your mind, get in your heart. Who's that person that you know is going through it right now? And we're going to be praying for them as well, because we're believing that not just for our lives, but we're believing for those that we know, those that we love, that God is going to do something absolutely incredible to bring life into that valley and to bring us through. And I want to say that to those that are watching online as well, like you're not distant from the moment that God is having right where you are. You need to understand. That God is looking to visit you right where you are to deal with this moment, to let you know that he's here, to let you know that he's gonna get you through it, and also let you know that there's purpose in what he's doing. And so let's can we pray together, even for yourself. If it's you, put your hand on your heart. If it's for somebody that you're believing for, you can stretch your hand towards heaven and prayer for them. But for, let's let's begin to pray. Father, right now, we thank you for your faithfulness. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are not just the God of the mountaintop but that you are the God of the valley where we where we live our lives, where we walk, where we go through the real things of life. Father, we thank you that you are not distant from us, but that you are present. You are, you are right there leaning into those moments. And so Father, right now, whatever that valley may be in people's lives, whether it's health, whether it's relationship, whether it's jobs, whether it's family, whatever it may be, might even be addiction. I feel like that's something uh, in this room right now that you came in here. You're you're struggling with that. You're struggling with addiction. And you've been trying to let go of, you've been trying to do all the things and for whatever reason it's not doesn't seem to be breaking off. You need to know that it's not over. God didn't put that addiction on you, but he sure is with you, you to bring freedom in your life through that. So Father, we, we pray that right now in the name of Jesus. We pray that addiction to be broken off Jesus. in the mighty name of Jesus. God, you in the valley, you do miracles. And so Father, right now we are praying and believing and declaring your miracles right now for those who find themselves in desperate need. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your healing power, for your grace, your love, and your mercy. We ask her right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Combo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to combochurch.com and simply click the give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening. And make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Convo Church Podcast.